We saved serious cash with our Progressive Home and Auto Bundle and used the money to buy a new boat. Who's ready to water ski? (laughs) This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough for a new boat. They'll probably spend it on rent or gas money or maybe one of those little plastic wading pools for the yard. Ahoy there! Is what the captain might say on the toy boat in your wading pool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you're stream, good this Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. So, h- how's the week been? N- nothing earth shattering, right? The financial market's been stable. No conspiracies anywhere. Reddit's been quiet. N- nothing big happened, right? Right? We'll, we'll 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 talk about game stonks very shortly, but um, I actually was gonna open up the podcast with game stonks, but I'm not even kidding. A couple hours before I was about to start the stream, NZXT announced a. Uh, a safety issue in regards to one of their more fascinating products. NZXT, for those who don't know, is a PC case manufacturer that has gotten into system building. And their cases are... I'd say unique enough. That if you were looking for something that just kind of stands out when you're building your computer case, and NZXT cases... Oh, an interesting way to go. I, for one, was very interested in their case that they call the H1, which was, I'm not even kidding, an Xbox Series X style computer case. There was just a couple things that were different about it. Instead of ventilating everything from the top, it instead did it from one of the side panels, the rest of it was tempered glass, and you connected everything via the bottom. It's like, I love the concept of this case. I just wish that the motherboard could have been orientated in such a way that you accessed everything from the side. Because it would have made for the ideal, let's build a gaming PC in this, and just take wherever, and just quickly hook it up. It would have been perfect for what I have planned for building my own gaming PC. Nice and small, portable, can be put put on the side, taken off the desk when I don't need it. It would have been ideal if to the fact that everything was on the bottom. Also, it catches fire. Yeah, that's what was addressed this morning. Apparently, now this story I kind of slept on because it came off when people were reporting it as something that like one or two people did something really weird and their computer caught fire. And it looked like a giant pile on, on NZXT to just say, Oh, this case is defective. My computer caught fire. Oh my God. 
And it's just like, oh, well, okay. No, it apparently actually is an issue. And it's in, res- it's in regards to the PCI Express riser cable that's in it. The way this thing works is that in the middle of this tower, there is basically the mounting divider. On one side is your motherboard and power supply. And then you have a riser cable that goes to the other side where you connect your graphics card. It's an interesting idea. I actually like it. I'd like it even more for the fact that apparently they included metal screws and the riser cable apparently was not insulated enough from those metal screws and that could cause an arc and then things could catch fire. So NZXT is issuing a recall for the H1 case. And, uh, well, apparently the temporary solution they put out was just sending people nylon screws to replace the ones on their PCI Express Gen 3 riser cable. Well, I mean, for my own purposes, the dream was dead already, but the fact that it can catch fire killed it even more. And of course, this puts the NZXT build operation, well, it gives them a pretty big black eye. We went ahead and made a mini ITX case that catches fire. By the way, we want to build your next PC for you. Yeah! That's going to go over great. So if you do, in fact, have a NZXT H1 case... If you're not sure if you have an NZXT H1 case, you probably don't. It's a pretty iconic case. It's a, it's a pretty unique case. Being the fact that it is, you know, it looks like a glass Xbox Series X. It'd be best to contact NZXT. All right, let's talk about Game Stonks. Now, before we dive any further into this, I have to legally say, I am not a financial expert. At all. Here's what I am. I am a tech enthusiast. I am a computer refurbisher. I am a, for- I am a former owner of a computer repair shop. I have worked in many other computer repair shops, and I currently own a commercial laundry plant that also does residential dry cleaning on the side. I am also a part-time variety Twitch streamer, as well as a podcaster. I hold many titles. Financial advisor is not... One of them. So 
So take that. So take what I'm about to say in regards to this with a bowl of salt. Do not take anything I say as solid financial advice that is guaranteed to give you whatever. All right. I am merely reporting on what I have found. And I have been having to track this thing very closely because everyone and their mother is talking about this. All right. With that out of the way, now that I've made that as abundantly clear as I could, and I'm probably going to say I'm not a financial advisor at least 60 times more during the rest of this podcast, let's talk about GameStonk. So let's first talk about the basics of the stock market because we basically have to. All right. The core concept of the stock market is that you purchase stocks in the ho- of a company that is publicly traded in order to invest in said company. That company then gets a gets a revenue boost from that. And then you can later on sell that after the company is more successful and hopefully get a return on your investment. Supply and demand does play a role when it comes to stocks. The fewer stocks that are available for purchase, the higher the price will go and vice versa. We also need to talk about what is shorting a stock. Shorting means that someone sells a stock they do not own with the promise that they will buy that stock later. So, for example, I think that Reforged Computers, my former repair shop, is going to go under. And let's also pretend I'm not me because me buying stocks on my own company is... Either super unethical or super illegal. I'm not entirely certain. Pretty sure illegal. But again, not a financial expert. Not a legal expert. Anyway, though. So I go ahead and I think Reforged Computers is going to fail. So I sell the stocks of Reforged Computers, which, by the way, was never publicly traded. I go ahead and short the stock. And I make my cool $10 right now. Then, a certain amount of time later, we'll say a week in this case, I then have to pay who I borrowed that stock from the current price of that stock. Which in this, which we'll say, say is because the company did poorly, five dollars. So I come out ahead by five dollars. The problem with shorting a stock is that let's say Windows Vista comes out, and all of a sudden everyone wants used computers that still have Windows XP on it because Vista is awful. Well, all of a sudden now, that company I thought was about to fail shoots to the moon and that pr- and that stock is now worth $50 as opposed to the 10 
Well, now I'm out 40 bucks because I have to pay the $50 which the stock is worth now, and I only made 10 earlier when I shorted the stock. That's the bare basics of what you need to know about the stock markets to understand how this started. All right. Now, a number of hedge funds were shorting the GameStop stock, which I also learned this week, GameStop stock is a bit of a tongue twister and I hate it because I feel stupid every single time I accidentally say GameStop. It has been driving me nucking futz all freaking week. But I digress. These hedge funds were shorting GameStop's... Dang it, I did it again! GameStop's stock! To the tune of over 100%. In fact, it was about 140%. Well, a small little website called Reddit got their hands on the got this got their hands on this information, specifically the subreddit Wall Street Bets. A subreddit that was known to very few before, and thanks to this past week, is basically now a household name. Or at least maybe it is around me just because I try to stay informed on this sort of things. Then yeah. But to clarify, they were shorting more than what there was. Questionably illegal. At best, a little uh, unethical. But I digress. The subreddit itself, actually, after all this, increased almost quadrupled in size it's probably even way higher now but we'll get to more of that later so wall street bets had an idea what if we all go in and buy the stock what they effectively did was try to initiate what is called a short squeeze a short squeeze means that, well, they are, by buying up all the stock, they are making the supply of the stock go way low. And also, by buying a bunch of the stock, they are artificially inflating the demand of the stock. Someone in the chat has said they have been trying to do this for four months, and it's just now finally reached a peak. I'd believe it. I would believe it. But it basically started reaching, it basically started escalating dramatically this Wednesday when the stock went from about $20 to 180 And then the next day, 
north of 300. Some people actually managed to get a screenshot of the game stop stock. See, didn't didn't flummox it this time. Reaching all the way up to $420.69. Of course they waited for it to, to reach that, that number. Why wouldn't they have? Well, needless to say, the hedge funds that went and shorted the stock, um, not too thrilled about this whole thing. So, well, everyone tried to figure out what on earth just happened. Even mainstream outlets at first couldn't figure out exactly what I just told you. They were looking for anything else to blame than just Redditors being Redditors. Uh, Oh, Reddit. What are you going to do? And so, of course, people are are labeling this as something... Something akin to saying it's a meme stock bubble, which it is, by the way. There is no way in the current state of GameStop can the inflated price of the stock stay this high unless, well, all the Redditors do as they keep chanting and hold the line. In fact, the Redditors out there, while they're doing all this, are trying to get Dogecoin, the memeiest cryptocurrency possible, to be sent to the moon. They're having a lot less luck with that, by the way. But they did manage to get up to five cents. Yeah, 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 you you do. I think it actually peaked at seven. And now it's, well, I think last I checked it was at three. Let's actually quickly take a look right now. The price of Dogecoin as of the time of recording this, which is on January 30th, is two and a half cents. So Red's having a lot less luck getting the meme currency up to literally anything of value. The fact it's broke up penny is actually stunning. But, you know, that's a minor point in all this. You might be wondering, though, who was the meme lord that started all this? We actually know. He goes by the name of Deep Effing Value on the Wall Street Bets subreddit who has revealed his real name to the Wall Street Journal as the douchebag who went ahead and got a a quad hypercast. I mean, uh, Keith Gill. And yes, the picture that the Wall Street Journal used of him looks exactly as you expected. accurate you you ex- you expected some, some guy with with uh with with like middle length hair a, a headband and 
just casually sitting sitting behind a uh some some kind of streaming setup that's about what I expected to and apparently he's the guy who started all of this but of course this caused problems first it started with discord banning the wall street bets subreddit i'm sorry it banned wall street bets the discord server i'm sorry i got confused because of this headline but i digress and discord's reasoning at the time that all of this chaos was going on was because of hate speech without providing an example of the hate speech discord i'm not doubting you but this looks really bad How else do you look at that but go, uh-huh, yeah, you 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 literally just use that as an excuse to uh to to sh- to shut it down, didn't you? It's That's what everyone thinks now. It could be true. It could be there was some terrible stuff going on on that Discord server. We don't know now. Supposedly the Discord has been reinstated. I'm not going to lie. I haven't looked. I just feel like there's a better use of my time. And on top of that, I am in way too many discords right now as it is. So many discords. Maximum discords. But I digress. The subreddit also was forced to go private. It stayed private for about two hours. And that was it. But at the time, it did look like a whole bunch of shady stuff going on. Tried to go ahead and shut down Wall Street bets trying to hurt these hedge funds. And then there's Robin Hood. Oh, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, for those who are unaware, is a Android and iOS app that allows you to buy and trade stocks. They market themselves as the everyman's stockbroker that you can go ahead and just literally anyone. You don't have to be like some Wall Street executive. You don't have to be part of the 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 hierarchy or whatever. By using us, you too can trade stonks, etc., etc. Well, they very abruptly the Thursday morning stopped allowing people to buy GameStop stock as well as AMC and costs, which were other stocks that were being targeted by Wall Street bets. This gave the look To literally everyone that Robinhood was trying to artificially tank the price. We now know that was not their intent. 
However, Robinhood needs to fire their PR department and they need to fire them bad. Because that night, when everyone's trying to go, hey, is Robin Hood trying to affect the, or trying to manipulate the market or not? They sent their CEO out there with what I can only assume was a ransom note because of how shaky and terribly he read from it. And said that we did it to protect the customer and our broker people then started tracing who they were who their broker was started connecting dots and found that that robin hood does in fact have ties to some of the hedge funds that wall street bets was trying to target the reality of the situation and this was provided by one of the other app app brokers because the thing is that other traders were also restricting the these stocks the reason that's given and i want to state this is the reason that's given to us is that it was simply so much and because of regulations there simply wasn't enough money in these brokers to make the purchase and apparently they are regulated against directly using the customer's money on these sort of online brokers to buy the stock i'm not gonna lie i don't know enough about the stock market to know if this is true or not but here's the thing you need to think these things through you can't just say it's to protect the customers because because it's volatile that is how lawsuits get started. And in fact, Robinhood even got sold. And of course, it doesn't help at all the fact that because supposedly because of the regulations, they were allowed to let people sell their stocks, but not purchase them. Which then, of course, helped fed the market manipulation nar- narrative enough that, well... It's hard for people to look at it any other way. I would say at this point, I am, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I don't know. I don't know whether these stockbrokers did try to manipulate the market in order to save their hedge fund buddies, or if there really was regulations in place that prevented just like they said that made it so that they just simply did not have the funds on hand to allow people to purchase these stocks but did allow to sell them the biggest hole in the arguments of uh, that is given to us is the fact that it was only the wall street bet stocks that were being blocked and not literally any other stock other stocks by the way that are worth more than the game stop stock 
it is actually very difficult to pin down where it's going. And of course, this did cause the price of the stop stock to tank. It went from north of $400 all the way down to 150 $250 per stonk. Because one app said no. Bit of a volatile market there. So where do we stand right now? Well, at this point, this is still, in fact, a developing story. And in fact, there's plenty of outlets out there that are trying to claim that what Reddit did by simply talking to each other that that is also considered market manipulation and that they can go after every single redditor hacker out there for this well that's dumb reddit reddit, reddit has no idea how to hack they're, they're too reddit to hack and also that's not how hacking works <sighs> if i had a nickel every time i said that's not how hacking works I could probably aff- afford one share of GameStock. Dang it, I did it again! <laughs> so in the end, we're just going to have to see how this all goes. Now, that being said, we've also got some very interesting things. I mean, first off, there's, of course, the rumors of outages that happened at the same time. Part of that is guessed to be part of the whole fiasco in the first place. There's the claims, and I want to I want to stress, these are just claims that Robinhood forced users to sell their GameStop stocks. Without those users knowing. Robinhood denies that because if they did do something that sketch, why would they admit it? But that's going to be a he said, she said sort of thing, which then, of course, leads to quite possibly the most stunning turn of events and quite possibly a sign that 2021 is, in fact... A sign of the apocalypse. Two senators that get along like water and oil if they were both lit on fire. Ted Cruz and and Andrea Ocasio-Cortez supporting bipartisan support to look into what the heck is going on in Robinhood and these other brokers. And it is in fact getting the FEC. I might actually be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's the FEC and the FTC looking into this. Man, if you were hoping this story was going to go away, 
Let me tell you how wrong you are. This is just going to get more and more fascinating this next week. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, the FTC is also looking at the massive, massive botnets out there doing scalping. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. And I bet I have your hopes up. The FTC cracking down on the bot scalpers. Unfortunately, the FTC has let me down 
once again for this this crackdown on these scalping bots these bots that go out buy up whatever whatever you actually want that's in a limited supply and then sell them back at a outrageous markup they're specifically targeting the ones that scalp tickets tickets in a day and age in which none of us can go anywhere (laughs) are you freaking kidding me (laughs) oh this is still good don't misunderstand i mean i'm guarantee you very very few people here care about uh Tickets to that concert you can't go to being scalped right now, but cracking down on this sort of thing will help deter the scalping bots that are making it so that no one has a PS5 except those who pre-ordered it and may or may not have also uh, made a pledge to, uh, anyway... That went ahead and, and tapped into supernatural forces to make sure their PS5 or Xbox Series X got to them on time. This will still help crack down on that just because if you're going to be a scalper bot network, aren't you going to do more than just target your graphic cards or your PS5s? Or your Xbox Series X's that I wouldn't recommend getting, but that's just me. In the end, this can help alleviate some of the problem of more scalpers having gaming GPUs than actual gamers. So hopefully that will, in fact help us there is an automated telegram bot that is selling facebook account phone numbers ah fantastic so we're automating the the skimming of data off facebook and the selling of it too this is the part i love the fact that the sealing of data and the selling of it is now being automated to streamline the process of scam artists getting my phone number to try and sell sell me my car's extended warranty. By the way, th- those uh those scam artists that that do that one, they're finally getting smart. They have finally realized that a Volvo VNL 780 is not in fact a car. But a commercial grade semi truck. I have to get a bit more creative now on how to try and mess with them to the point where they finally realize that calling my number is just going to be a massive waste of their time. I'm open to ideas. Speaking of streamlining the process of just stealing your information, 
malware was found on free laptops that were given for her <sighs> for children in the United Kingdom. You can't make this up. So part of one of the projects in the UK was in fact to get laptops into the hands of children since, well, pretty much no one could go and go to school. For some obscure reason, I don't know something something about something about a uh, something about a virus or something. I don't know. I, I've never heard of it. But because of that obscure reason that no one has ever heard about, I wonder how many emails I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get trying to call me a uh, COVID nineteen denier because of that joke. Probably none because I don't give out my email. I digress. But the UK's plan was to give out cheap laptops so that kids can make their Zoom calls and, in fact, continue to get an education. It's not the worst plan in the world, but there was a problem. Of course, on these sort of things, the contract to providing the laptops goes out to the lowest bidder. And most like in the UK's case, bidders. Because that is a lot of laptops, and for those who have are regular listeners to the podcast, you would know that there is, in fact, a massive, underlying massive laptop shortage not too long ago. Well, it turned out the lowest build, bidder, in order to try and make up some of the cost of selling laptops for needy children on the cheap, decided to go ahead and load it with a data mining worm. Bravo! Oh. You you try doing good, and then you just end up being a piece of garbage in the first place. I actually should say that I don't know for certain that the manufacturer put the worm on there in the first place. I should put that little caveat on there. But, I mean, there doesn't seem to be too many dots in this story. I'm having a hard time trying to see how else to connect the four dots in here to make any other shape other than a duck. I mean, a square. What's my analogy again? In either case, um, might I recommend a virus scanner? Malware bites would be the first guess I have, just the free version. Though, you only need to remove the worm you already know is on there. Or if you have the means, just reformat the whole block. Ooh, wait. Download a fresh copy of Windows 10, then reformat the whole thing. Because who knows, it could be on the internal disk image. Alright, let's talk about Apple actually being good? This story is, it amuses me. It amuses me greatly because it's two sides of a coin that I absolutely hate. We have Apple versus 
Facebook. This story is back in the news once again. So for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Apple released a feature in iOS recently that allowed users to just simply decide whether they should be tracked or not. That's it. Very simple. Whether to give the the ability for you, the user, to decide whether an app whether an app can collect information about you. Facebook, being that, that is a hundred percent of what they do, is very unhappy about the new feature. And in fact, Facebook is starting to file a lawsuit against Apple trying to claim that Apple's monopolistic behavior on the platform is a breach of being anti-competitive or something to that affair. They're basically trying to use the the Epic Games approach because they saw how much taking that angle of it gave... Epic Games, a whole bunch of positive PR. And felt, we could do the same thing for us. There's just one problem with that. Your Facebook! And in the end, Facebook is trying to force Apple to not give you, the user, the choice on whether you want to be stalked or not. That's what this all boils down to. And it is. And I actually said this in an early bird briefing that either aired today or tomorrow or already aired, depending on when you're listening to this, but I digress. It is kind of one of the features in Apple that keeps making people like myself that have gone both to the Apple side and the Android side at one point or another, a very rough choice. Because if there's one thing Apple excels on, it is privacy. And this feature in there that just straight up blocks your data from being mined is very attractive. But on the downside, it's it's Apple. Because the, the, the phone's going to be much more expensive and there's going to be not a whole lot of upgradability and then all the other Apple things. Apple has, however, fired back at Apple or yeah, Apple fired at Apple. Apple fired back at Facebook saying that I'm sorry, but Facebook is a purveyor of fake news. Hucksters looking to make a quick buck as well as peddlers of division. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that Tim Cook could be so sassy. So needless to say, this is, things are going to get very, very interesting, very, very quickly. And no, I am still on the, on the fence between 
Apple and Android for the next up upgrade. I mean, I'm either going to be S21 Ultra or 11 Pro Max. <sighs> I'm not going to lie, I'm leaning more towards Apple, especially since the uh, that 21 U- Ultra is just it's very much an iPhone in the way that it's just basically unrepairable and unupgradable. And they got rid of the charger. That still just blows me away. Anyway, actually back to the matter at hand. Um, last week we talked about how uh, NVIDIA is... NVIDIA's attempt to acquire ARM was being investigated. Well, uh... A lot more people around the world have noticed what the UK is doing to NVIDIA in regards to that investigation going, you know what? Them people over in the UK, I was about to say something else, but we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with something a bit uh, kinder. Them people in the UK got a point in whatever the heck accent that was. And... I'll just say literally everyone, literally everyone is investigating and looking into the attempted acquisition of NVIDIA to buy ARM and saying, hey, is this antitrust? I think it might be antitrust. You know, considering the fact that NVIDIA kind of already sells a number of different variants of ARM processors, maybe NVIDIA buying all of ARM might be as much of a uh, antitrust problem as Apple trying to buy ARM. Just maybe. Remember when I brought that up and people said, nah, you're, you're, you're worried too much about that eagle. Don't worry about it. Showed you. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, I have the stream report for Q4 of 2020. There's some interesting little tidbits in there.
Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back. Eagle Eyes on Tuck. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. The Streamlabs report, also done by Hatchet. Streamlabs and Hatchet, every single quarter, team up to give a breakdown of the, of the video game streaming industry. And, uh... Well, there's some interesting things. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit surprised to see the top games watched. Number one is Just Chatting with 682 million hours. Then League of Legends with 485 million. And then in third place was Among Us. With 416 million watched hours. You would have thought that Among Us would have been second with just how much. Just literally everyone, everyone was playing Among Us. Everyone is still to a lesser extent playing Among Us. But it still wasn't enough to beat out League of Legends. That actually is kind of surprising. Just chatting being top doesn't surprise me literally at all. All right. Let's just go over the specific platforms. Twitch in their total watched hours went up. So in Q2 of 2020, this was pretty much the start of the lockdowns. This would have been April, May, June. They're at 5.1 billion watch hours. Q3, it dipped. And it was kind of hard to figure out why. And it dipped significantly. It dipped down to 4.7 billion watch hours. Q4, though... This is about when the Among Us craze really took went into full swing. Q3, by the way, for those who don't know, that's July, August, September. Q4 is October, November, December. Q4 saw 5.4 billion watch hours. That is, at least in the last two years, a record high for Twitch. Not just that, but the total hours streamed went up drastically as well, most likely due to Among Us. Going from 205 million watch, or I'm sorry, stream hours 
to 230 million watch hours or stream hours. Yes, yeah, stream hours. So more people streaming. But of course, that the, the amount you're streaming doesn't matter unless there's eyeballs watching. And just to match the watch hours, concurrent viewership also up a significant amount. Co-current viewership on Twitch went from 2.1 million to 2.4 million. An increase of over 300,000 co-current viewers. Most likely, again, due to the Among Us craze. It's still good to see that kind of life driven in. But of course, YouTube gaming should see a massive boost because we actually started seeing some stars of YouTube really get some traction in this last quarter. Valkyrie being one of the ones that stands out. Corpse Husband also being one that kind of went from just being a small guy small guy doing really deep voiced music and then going to basically an among us celebrity well then of course the view hours show youtube gaming and i want to be clear this is youtube gaming and these are only the live hours this has nothing to do with youtube vod content all right they went from on the live streaming section, 1.6 billion to 1.9 billion. Continuing their upward trajectory. And of course, Among Us is playing a big role in this. But of course, what does it matter if there's not content being streamed? This I was actually surprised with. The amount of streamers actually streaming on YouTube gaming went down. Total streamed hours went down on YouTube from 12 million to 10 million. That is actually very interesting. There are fewer streamers, but there are more eyeballs watching streams on YouTube. Hmm. And of course, to pair up with that, the co-current viewership has gone from 758,000 to 871,000. This actually raises a very interesting little situation for beginner streamers because you have more eyeballs watching YouTube live gaming but fewer and fewer people providing the content to watch it is this just a a case of the platform losing traction and just the boost of some big stars like Valkyrie and Corpse Husband? 
there's probably more and I'm just not thinking of them. Most of the other YouTube gaming content I know are people who post content on YouTube, but Twitch is their home. In either case, the YouTube gaming numbers are very fascinating. By far the most fascinating here. Uh, Facebook gaming is just pretty met, though. Facebook gaming has gone from 815 million to 901 million watched hours. Streamed hours skyrocketed from... 7.5 million to 14.5 million. It's kind of funny. Like, it could just be the area I live in, but I hear no one, no one talk about Facebook gaming. Literally no one. But the, wait a minute. Oh no, that's the total hours of, no, that's total streamed hours. That's not total watched hours. We don't have total watched hours from Facebook. I'm sorry. So the amount of content streamed on Facebook has doubled. I apologize if I said incorrectly. However, though, concurrent viewership not even close to matching that from 369,000 to 408,000 from what I see there on Facebook gaming you have a huge underlying huge saturation problem going on there very similar to what Mixer had oh hey wait a minute That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Oh, oh, Facebook gaming. You, you, you have fun with that. But there you go. That is the current state of the streaming world. YouTube, however, is trying to find a way to up its YouTube live streaming system for the first time in what feels like nine millennia YouTube is adding the ability to create clips of anywhere between five and 60 seconds in length basically making a carbon copy of what Twitch has already done However, it's only being rolled out to a few stream a few creators right now. More will be coming down the road. What took you so long? Seriously, YouTube, what took you so long? This felt like the biggest no-brainer in the world. YouTube's been trying to go after TikTok for a while now with their stories and their short vid vid sort of thing. I'm not going to lie. I've gotten sucked down a YouTube short video rabbit hole a number of times. And it is one of the reasons why I've changed my YouTube game recently and actually publishing uh, better edited 
versions of the clips that people do of my stream. And of course, give credit to those who made the clips in the first place. But I, dig but I digress. It just kind of blows me away that it just took them this long to do it. It seems bizarre. We'll see, though, down the road how YouTube takes this. Because I'm not going to lie. When YouTube puts a feature out, there's one of two states it's in. It's either really polished, really well done, and brings amazing innovation that we wish everyone thought of before, or it is an absolute turd. And it's just awful. Speaking of turds, Intel Iris Z video cards are now shipping to everyone except you. These dedicated GPUs are being shipped out to equipment manufacturers right now, but unfortunately, they have a few caveats to them. One, these discrete Intel GPUs are not going to be for gaming. That is a colossal disappointment. I know. And two, they will only work on Intel boards. Ah, uh, I see now. I see. I I understand. I understand the Intel game now. Make interesting products, but make it so you have to use it on an Intel board. So you have to use the inferior Intel chip rather than the AMD behemoth that is still just killing it as far as performance goes, despite the fact that it's, you know... A very strange multi-CPU glued together on one chip system that's working extremely well. I'm not jealous. Why would you think that? Why, why would you think I, I want a 64-core system right now? So, yes, these cards are coming out to system manufacturers... No one is going to be able to get their hands on them except for people like Dell and HP and whatnot. And there's no way any tech YouTubers are going to go ahead, get their hands on it through secret back deal operations that they went ahead and went down a back deal backyard alley for it and to go see and answer the question, will it run crisis? Nope, that's definitely not going to happen. I expect Linus to have it next week. With that said, we move on to other Intel news. And that's the next generation Intel Rocket Lake CPUs will apparently run upwards of 98 degrees. You know, I'm not going to lie. I think what I need in my basement office in which I have a little space heater to try and keep myself warm, I think I need a water-cooled i9-11900KF to make sure I don't freeze in my office. So what if all I do is spreadsheets? I will go ahead and run Furmark in the background. Or not Furmark, uh, Ida64 
and make sure that CPU is always loaded. Wait, no, no, better idea. I get the CPU, water cool it so it pumps out the heat more efficiently, but I have it just sit in a corner and only do, um, oh God, what, 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 what was the name of it? Um, I'm running a blank on it. The, um, the, the research thing. Folding at home. Just have it fold at home, even though most of the folding at home tasks are GPU intensive, not CPU. The point is, I for one welcome the return of NetBurst. NetBurst, for those who don't know, is the old Pentium 4 architecture that was very inefficient and ran super hot. Yes, I'd be folding at home at work. Totally. I love this plan. I love this plan. That being said, we shift gears a little bit. Going over and talking about how Alder Lake is being tipped for a reveal in September 20. 21. So what do we know about it? Well, one, it's a lake. That's a really bad joke. Actually, it tells us a lot. See, the way Intel codenames work is that the second part of it, the lake, tells us it is still the old architecture. This is still going to be a 14 nanometer part. It's still going to claim it's got some 10 nanometer-ness to it. Maybe it'll be a full 10 nanometer this time instead of being... It's 10 nanometer with 18 asterisks at the end. No, 14 asterisks. But it's actually 14 nanometer plus, 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 plus. So we can expect, you know... Four, five, six, seven percent performance increase. Their engineers still manage to take an aging architecture and still squeeze a little bit more performance out of it. If there's one thing I've learned with Intel, Intel is really good at taking an old product and making it slightly better. Hate on Intel all you want for them being absolute jerks as far as their pricing of high-end processors and giving us the same stuff over and over and over again. They keep managing to find ways to squeeze just a little bit more performance out of that Oldsmobile they have sitting in their driveway and that Oldsmobile being 14 nanometer. It is actually really impressive. Oh, by the way, one story that accidentally managed to get uh, pulled away from my Apple section in my notes here. Uh, Apple has officially topped $100 billion in revenue for the first time thanks to iPhone, iPad. Actually, just iPhone and iPad sales. So once again, Apple is killing it and the Mac is still irrelevant to Apple. 
I never thought I'd see the day. Wait a minute. Didn't I already talk about this story? Not this story in particular, but... I think I already talked... The story I was about to talk about, I'm fairly certain I already talked about. If I, for some reason, didn't talk about this, let me just quickly cover this. I'm fairly certain I talked about this. Uh, The iPhone 12 magnets for their MagSafe interferes with pacemakers. Do not have your iPhone near your pacemaker. Chat says I did do this another week. That's what I thought. I could have swore I did this last week. But it was dated for this week, so I don't know. We're just going to take a break here while we figure out what's going on with our lives. When we come back, Sony has made a $2,500 phone. Take that, Apple!
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, yeah, I'm not kidding. Sony has made a $2,500 phone. But why, you ask? Well, to pair it with one of their professional cameras. Basically, Sony went ahead and saw what Red tried to do and just said, you know what? Maybe we should actually do it instead of being a gimmick. For those who don't remember, Red made a phone they called the Hydrogen One. And originally it was supposed to be a content creation device that was supposed to be very rugged, very high-end, and then be able to upgrade and go into the Red ecosystem with their various high-end professional cinema cameras. And then Red snorted a whole bunch whole bunch of I don't know. I think a tree or something. Whatever it was, it was it was bad stuff they snorted and decided we should make a 3D screen and make that the focus instead. And that phone bombed. Well, Sony saw that and just like, you know, maybe we should do that first thing they thought of. And then they did. The Sony Xperia Pro is a $2,500 phone that can hook up to professional Sony cinema cameras and be used as a monitor on the phones, on the camera. The whole sort of setup, and actually I should say MKBHD has a very, very good video showcasing this off. MKBHD actually is kind of one of those tech YouTubers, like, you kind of almost forget they're around until you start needing to go phone shopping. And then you start seeing what 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 he's done, because he does very good looks at phones, but you only need a phone every every two years or so. And you find wacky stuff like this. But I digress. On the bottom, it has a mini HDMI port that plugs into the camera. You then use a button and then the phone just becomes a control panel and monitor for the camera. And then using the various connectivity and processing of the phone, you can just one button broadcast to YouTube, Twitch, or wherever on top of that this phone is definitely not made for looks it is very much a professional phone the phone is most is a steel construction with a plastic coating that so it's very rugged it is a thick thick phone roughly from what i can tell about twice the thickness of this Samsung S10 that I'm holding right now. And it's it's pretty good. The camera is uh, that's built in on is pretty okay. It's not like you're going to be using that as it's not going to be a camera that's going to like replace your Sony camera you're getting this for. But I'm not going to lie. It's a very very interesting concept, although it's going to be a phone that only like 
six dozen people in the entire world are going to get. But you know what? Good on you, Sony, for going out there and trying something different. It's going to be interesting. Netflix just got a upgrade, or I'm sorry, an audio upgrade that's only available to Android users. The Android app of Netflix is now going to be using the XHE-AAC audio codec. So now the audio coming out of your dime size speaker, God, probably not even dime sized anymore. Speakers and smartphones are getting tiny, man. But I digress. Uh, and your tiny speaker are going to be, quote, studio quality. And then you remember that the that the speakers in your smartphone are not the best. And then you go ahead and, and grab your very nice, high-quality headphones and plug that into the headphone jack of your phone. And then you cry a little bit as you realize that Android decided to be absolute sheep and get rid of the headphone jack. Yes, I'm still salty about that. In all seriousness, though, I'm actually interested in how this will, how this will sound. Joking aside, the technology that they've actually managed to put into these smartphone speakers is really impressive. I could actually get some serious sound out of my smartphone. In fact, actually, uh, what's what's a good track I could just quickly like demonstrate here? Just quickly taking um, just taking some music that that and just pump it into the microphone I have here. Here we go. This this one will not get me a copyright strike. Oh no no, actually I can do better. Um Here we go. We'll go some some fat rat. We'll go rise up. And then get an ad before it. Chat say, saying, "Oh, my phone still has a headphone jack. My phone still has a headphone jack." I know, mine does too. Which is one of the reasons why I'm actually holding on to this phone. Here. So the the speakers nowadays aren't that bad. But it still boils down to You like, like for example, the AKG monitors I'm wearing, they're just always going to be better than the phone. So we'll see if, I wonder if anyone's actually going to notice the actual audio upgrade on Netflix. Speaking of things that will get noticed, NVIDIA has a patent for a controller that has a track ball. 
look, I'm all in favor of unique controller designs. All right. I mean, I have two Steam controllers for crying out loud. But, um, a trackball? Really? So how it is, is that on the left side, you have, you have your standard D-pad. Next to that, slightly lower, you have your joystick. Then on the right side, you have your four buttons, your A, B, X, Y. And then where the second joystick would be is your trackball. The thought process is that the trackball will allow mouse-like accuracy in the case of first-person shooters. When it comes to shooters, PC gamers can just get much more accurate shots than a console gamer. This isn't some kind of, oh, PC mastery or whatever. It's just fact. You can get much more accurate with keyboard and mouse than you can with a controller. The thought process with this is that with the trackball, you can aim more accurately like a mouse. That's the thought process. Well, let me tell you something. You actually have a point. I think NVIDIA might actually be onto something here. Although trackballs are almost completely dead, I don't think there actually is any trackball that is currently marketed and and mass-produced anymore. He says, stalling for time, going to Amazon.com and typing in trackball to see what pops up. And sure enough, my buddies over at Logitech actually are still making the Logitech M570 wireless trackball mouse. Oh, holy cow, the Jellycomb is still around too? God dang, there are actually still some trackballs out there. There are some trackballs I recognize. But for those who are actually used to the trackball... I gotta say, you actually watched them play, um, I think the last time I actually played a first-person shooter with with a uh, trackball user was actually with uh, a Quake LAN party. They got some very quick and very accurate headshots, or foot shots, when they actually got the rocket launcher. So I, for one, I want to see this. I want to see... Can this, in fact, be good on in, in real life as it is on paper? I am actually legitimately interested by this. Hopefully, this patent makes it into reality. Unfortunately, for the most part... A lot of concepts like that never make it to reality. But you know what did make it to reality? A liquid-cooled solid-state drive. Corsair! 
went ahead and made the MP600 Hydro X M.2 NVMe SSD. An SSD that goes into an M.2 slot on the motherboard, which, by the way, usually only has, like, a sheet of aluminum on top so that it can just dissipate what little heat it generates that way and went ahead and put liquid cooling fittings on it so you can liquid cool it. Bravo! Fantastic, Corsair! Thank you! I am going to use this in my next PC build so that when all said and done, there are tubes running anywhere, everywhere within the case so that my, and I, I'm going to make sure I use soft tubing too, by the way. So that way, when the whole thing is done, people will look at it and wonder, is that a computer or has, or is that some random object that has been assimilated by the Borg from Star Trek? <sighs> Talk about unnecessary. This, the freaking thing. <laughs> Oh god, there's tubes, tubes, freaking tubes everywhere in the case. And we need to move on to something less stupid. How about uh OnePlus's co-founder Carl Pi, P, or however it's pronounced, starting up a new company and calling it nothing. God dang it. I said give me a story that's less stupid! The company is literally called nothing. Following the tech trend of calling your company that has a double meaning, like the boring company, we have nothing. The whole concept of the company is to make technology that is so easy to use that it just blends into society and it's as though it's not even there. You know, that's so pretentiously stupid. All I'm going to say is, you know what? I want to see where this is going. Let me go. Get the, let me go get the popcorn. Let me bring a couple chairs for everyone to just sit around and watch where, where this goes. You know what? I, I, I want to see where this is going. We'll, we'll see what nothing manages to accomplish. If anything else, this is going to be the start of many, many tech company dad jokes speaking of uh, ideas that could be bad Tesla has decided to redo the design the interior design and exterior design of the Model X and Model S now externally I just realized I have the wrong article for this out Externally, there's not much of a difference. They've just changed the bumper slightly. The curves are just slightly different. You'd barely notice. People are talking about how the new F-150 looks exactly the same as the old one. First off, those people are blind. There are some 
big changes on the on the front of that face. Different grill, and there's also eight headlights instead of two. I I don't know what those people's uh, those people need need to get their eyes checked, but I digress. The exterior of the Model S and Model X are basically unchanged. The interior, however, they have made some bold decisions. First off, the center screen is now horizontal instead of vertical. The old screen and the Model X were notorious for being 17 inches and being in a portrait position. Now it is horizontal, like you'd look at a normal screen, and how it is in the Model 3 and Model Y. Clearly the goal here is so that they don't have to design two UIs, they just design one, and it works on both. What's even more interesting is the fact that the back seat has its own smaller screen that it can use and then on top of that apparently there is a small gaming computer built into the model x and model s which is including a navi based gpu from amd supposedly able to run games like the witcher Fallout of some kind. I can't tell from the picture. The Fallout Shelter, Cat Quest, Cuphead, The Witcher, The the Wild, The Witcher Three, The Wild Hunt. Someone even said uh, that uh, it would also run Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I kind of doubt that. It's it's interesting. I am very very intrigued by this what I'm not amused with is the steering wheel Elon Musk has decided to use what's referred to as a yoke steering wheel this means that the actual steering wheel is shaped like a U except the bottom is kind of flattened out This means that the steering wheel, first off, is not perfectly round. That's kind of okay, whatever. But more importantly, there is no top half of the steering wheel. Those of you who drive, how many times do you do a hand-over-hand maneuver? Where you turn and then grip the steering wheel go and then turn and just keep going like that you have to do that because the steering on a normal car requires multiple rotations to turn your wheels all the way a certain way that's not there What's even stranger is that the stalks are also gone.
you know the stalks that you flick down or up to initiate a turn signal or to turn the windshield wipers on or to flash your high beams. No, instead, that is all done by buttons on the steering wheel. Um, I'm just going to chalk this up to thanks. I hate it. But then again, I am someone who drives very, very frequently. Multiple different vehicles, in fact. Multiple bigger vehicles, in fact. So this whole concept just kind of makes me go, that's a big yikes, yikes for me there, bud. Especially since the buttons look like they have no tactile feel. It looks like they're just capacitive buttons on the wheel. So now instead of just taking my pinky and flicking a stalk on the back while I'm holding the steering wheel on one side. Actually, it's usually my ring finger now that I think about it. But I digress. Now I've got to look down, look to about where the butt would be, reach my thumb over there, then press it, then look back up. As opposed to before, where I, where my eyes were always on the road. I hate this. I really, really do. But I suppose we'll see if this is even allowed. A lot of people are speculating that the reason not many car manufacturers do anything with a steering wheel is because of regulations. I'm not going to lie. I didn't look up if if this is a thing or not. But time will tell very, very quickly whether it's legal or not. And thus, this brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Xiaomi Mi Air Charge technology. A technology that allows compatible devices to charge wirelessly regardless of where the phone is or the, or the device in general. The base station will just sit there, send waves in the air, and use a millimeter band once it detects a device to send electricity to charge the device with without you having to put it anywhere. Oh God, this uh I'm not gonna lie, I'm not an expert in this, but uh this, this is gonna like cause problems in this is, is this how X-Men starts? Is this how it all starts? Are 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 we are are we living in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now? I don't know. We might be thinking too much about this. It might be time to say, folks, that is gonna do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. Please, I do encourage you. Check out our daily podcast, The Early Burr Briefing, 
which airs every single day at 4 a.m. in the morning, or at least it goes lot or what's the right term publishes every single morning quick short version of this podcast that can be found wherever you found this one itunes iHeartRadio, radio spreaker spotify any outlet we are there and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon just hit five years on the platform take care and hopefully we'll see you then Okay, okay, look, sending power wirelessly to my phone is great and all, but I want to know, when are we getting transport technology? When can I be beamed to work so I can just avoid having to go and shovel my driveway to get to work? Although, while we're at it, is this going to cause my pants to catch fire? Do I need need to start carrying around two pairs of pants in in case one catches fire? Is this the part where we need to start wearing tinfoil hats to protect our brains from the me air charge technology pumping five watts into our brain? Is this how mind control is made? I I have, I have so many questions and I'm going to get no, absolutely no answers from it. I also just realized the picture that Xiaomi decided to use shows the phone at 69%. Nice.
Thank you.